Here we are. So we're on the bottom of 5b, um, and the question is, we learned, good morning, Michael, that there's a mitzvah to mark a grave. Not only a grave, if, if there's some uh, material from a deceased person that's buried, uh, uh, sometimes if they, um, today this comes up in hospitals where they have parts that they took from deceased people to uh, make, uh, to recycle or to, I don't know if that's the right word, to, uh, to, to use for somebody else and they don't need them and they were to bury them. So uh, we're mentioning the concept that they, there was a marker there. Why? Because we said if it was a small amount, less than an olive size, or even an olive size, that's going to shrink immediately. And therefore, we're not worried about it. But if it's enough that were somebody to step on it, and he was a Kohen, or he was going in the base of Igdush, or he was working in purity foods, that it would make them impure, so then they would put a marker up. Uh, a marker didn't necessarily mean a monument. Sometimes they poured lime, like some white, you know, white uh, uh, plaster on the on the ground there. So we said that you're allowed to uh, to do that. Even cholamoid, we don't usually do jobs. This is an important job because it keeps the purity. There's a concept of people avoiding the impurity of the dead, and also of creepies and uh, of people that have stuff coming out of them. That whole chapter of, 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 of when a person wants to, they can avoid impure things. So uh, we said, uh, what do you do, though, when you don't see the grave, if you see a field that there's a marker? So that's what we were talking about. Um, this, uh, let's start again from Vesada Shenekoshbo Kaver, Lo Boitzion. We said that uh, sometimes they, somebody was buried in the backyard and the new tenant uh, came in and started farming. And uh, when he's farming, all of a sudden he noticed some bone chips scattered on the ground. And the, uh, the bone chips were because they plowed through the grave. And so the question is, uh, d- does that ha- convey impurity or not? So you're not worried about what's underground. What's underground is not big enough anymore to cause impurity because it's bone chips. But the problem is that the pieces above ground you might actually touch. So we said the Kohen could get down on his hands and feet and, and blow a path. Uh, there must be a better way. But, uh, but that's what we said. That's what he could do uh, because he's worried about those bone chips above ground that he's going to, doesn't want to touch. What's underground, he's not going to touch. He may lean over it, but since it's been plowed through, the plow apparently disintegrates everything it touches. And they didn't discover it until it was at the end of the field. So we seem to be saying that we're not worried about this plowed. The question is, do we have to have a marker for that? That it means that, that there, this field was plowed and they found uh, there was some bone chips there. Um, in, and I'm from up north where the Indian territory, they always find, uh, uh, I don't remember them finding bones, but they find arrowheads everywhere. <laughs> so there must be, uh, there must be bones there too. Like if you start plowing, you know, depending on the, uh, those areas, I think they had mounds, burial mounds. Or, uh, so you're going to find bones. Now, non-Jewish bones are different than Jewish bones as far as impurity, but still a person has to be aware of them. Masadish and Nekrish are you telling me a field that has a plowed grave, low boy Sion, doesn't need a marker? Fahatanya, didn't we learn the following? Matzah What happens if you find a field and there's some kind of marker there? 
And you have no idea, why is there a marker here? What's that trying to tell me? So, so if you find trees in the field, this doesn't just mean trees, by the way. I think I, I, I kind of pictured it. Well, every field has some trees. It means it has fruit trees that are, people are the type that people, um, an orchard that people harvest those trees. And so those trees, people plow around to produce. And apparently you need to plow around. That's part of if you have these type of trees, you plow around them in order to get the ultimate harvest out of those trees. So if you have those kind of trees in the field that's marked, so you don't have to worry that there's going to be a whole grave there. Because since there's trees there, they definitely would have plowed around it. Be a Jewish in Ekrish Bokever. Ain't Bowilanus. If there's no trees, be a Jewish in Evan Bokever. And you don't see it, so it means there's a missing, uh, a missing grave. Somebody was buried out back. It was a rainy day, and nobody could find it, but they know it's there. Rabbi Yudah says, Ache Shem no Talmud. He says, you've got to find an old-timer. An old-timer will remember what the story was. If people live in the neighborhood, somebody who's been around uh, for a long time, they'll know the story. They have this, the, the tour guides will tell you, they, they take people on tours of Europe, and they stop at the cemeteries, because there's famous people buried there, and they have certain mysteries about why, does the, why did they say this on this grave, or what's the story with that? And so you got to ask the old timers, and then slowly there, you know, the uh, there's different reasons why they know what the story was. It's, it's the same thing is true in the shul or with this and that. You got to ask the old timers who've been around forever, and they can tell you why something's the way it is, right? Or sometimes you have a talmud. A talmud is a student of wisdom. Certain people they make it their business to know things. So you've got to find one. Not everybody knows what's the deal with the graves there. Okay, Amr Papa Kitanahi. So our question was, did they mark those fields that, uh, they, that the grave was plowed? So he says, uh, So if there's a, a lost grave and there's a marker, so if there are trees there, fields with those type of trees, be a Jewish in Ekajor Even though the grave was lost, you know that area was plowed. So you're not going to find a whole intact grave there. If there are no trees and there's a marker, so then you know there is a whole grave there. So basically, if you have farming trees, I'm just using that word, but these trees that people harvest fruits from and that they definitely are going to plow, so you don't have to worry that you're going to find a whole grave there because those type of areas where you have those trees that are planted for their fruits are definitely plowed. Aye, so then the Gemara says, but two lines from the bottom, Alikush Dilma Ilanis Megavai, the cave of well, maybe the area of the trees is on the outside, um, actually on the inside, and the grave's on the outside, and uh, the grave was not plowed through. Maybe there's two different areas. In fact, maybe they, they built it like, you know, the trees are like on, you know, it's scenic. The tree, so the more I said, the trees were on the border. In fact, you often did that to mark it. And so since the trees are on the border, um, they, they would not have buried the body on the road outside. The body would have been on the inside near the trees. And since there are trees in the area, that means they plowed that area, you're not going to find a whole intact grave. 
Let's see Rashi. Last line. It's a public, uh, there's a public thoroughfare right outside. Nobody's going to plant, nobody's going to bury somebody on the road that people are going to walk. You don't bury people on a public road. They're going to bury them in between the trees. But you know what? That area must have been plowed because that's what they do to those trees. They plow around them to harvest them. Rabbi yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if all you're finding is bone chips, how do you know that it's actually a, a, a kever in the first place? Maybe it's a novella. Maybe it's an animal that died. Uh, no, that so there, there. Because it, because uh, it makes good fertilizer. Bone, bone actually does make good fertilizer. Really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would have yeah, never thought of that. Um, I think that you found a little bit of white plaster there. So that indicates that there was a grave, but you can't see the grave. So there's two options. Either there's still there and nobody can find it, or um, it was there at one time, but since the trees are there, you know that they've plowed it since then. And so there may have been a, a missing grave or a grave back there, but once somebody turned it into a tree farm, forget it, because it, it definitely would have been plowed. So that seems to be the... so. If it was, um, since you know there was, a, a, there was a human there and you're finding the bone chips, I'm assuming that's why you're assuming that they're human bone chips. If, if, if it was an avela, let's say it was an animal. Hmm. So that's also mitame with maga, right? I don't... By, by touching it. Is I'm it, not sure. It? I'm not sure whether if it's dried out. I don't, I don't know exactly when the... Uh, I'm not, I, I don't know. That You're asking a good question. In other words, you're not supposed to touch a dead creepy or a carcass. And so wouldn't animal bone chips also convey impurity if you found them? Um, it could be. I'm not, I, um, I always thought of that as a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the bones have the, I'm not sure about animal bones, if it's the same, that you touch them or not. Uh, probably so, but okay. So, um, it's certainly not by walking over them. That's, correct, that correct, be because that would only be ohol, and we're saying there's no too much ohol with, uh, it's, it's not, they're not enough. Now as we turn, yeah. Why would plaster have anything to do with the human Right. It was just a marker. They just used to use it as a marker. They would because it was white. It would stick out. Um, I don't know if it was plaster wouldn't hold, plaster wouldn't hold up in the weather at all. Oh, uh, uh, it was something I think called like a lime. I, I don't know what it was like a. a they called it sid. Um, that, that's lime. That is lime. Does lime hold up in the weather if you? It stays white for a long time. Oh, so Michael says that it said that if they use lime, that would stay for that would hold up pretty much. Yeah. Not yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like the lines they paint on streets, you know? <laughs> you know, the, it's a traffic, it's a traffic <laughs> marking. <laughs> Those are paint. Yeah, I know it is, but still, it's, 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 lime is durable. It hangs around for a while. Right. So I, I don't know, you know, they would have had to put it somewhere where there wouldn't be growth over it, like you'd be able to spot it. Like, I don't know exactly where this marker was, uh, but it was... Uh, but somehow it was there. You would notice it. That, that's, what, that's the main thing about it. It was the sign. It was the marker. Okay. When, they, when they're talking about plowing all this, um, are they talking about the initial plowing and then they're planting the trees? Or these trees are already there and now yeah. they're plowing? These trees are already there and then they're, they're doing some plowing. Yeah. Where uh, the trees aren't. Because, you know, the original plowing, you would plow to plant the trees. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So these trees are already planted. They're plowing somewhere close to those trees. Right. Use the soil for those trees that are already established. Right, right? that's right. And then they get a cover, or they had a. They, they, we're assuming that if had there been a cover there, then the plows would have gone right. through it. 
I so then the Gemara says met. So so again, we're 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 saying that if you have an, a if you come across a field that has a marker, which means at some point somebody was buried there, but since there are trees there, you're allowed to assume. And if it's a tree farm, that meant they use plows, and there's no way a grave would have survived those plows. So therefore, there's nothing to worry about other than the bone chips that would be on the surface, but not anything buried underneath, because that would have been plowed through. So that's what we said. But the more as a question, how do you know for sure that if it was plowed, that the plows went through the grave? That's, that's really what we're asking now. Maybe the body was buried inside and the trees are on the outside. The Morris says, no, no, the trees are all throughout the field. Rashi, Misovkin, two lines. It's not that the trees are like all around the field. They're mixed all through the field. It's for sure that the plows went everywhere. Um, so, okay, that's answer number one. Or answer number two, the, um, we said that you don't put this marker too far away from where the burial was, because we don't want to take up extra space. And so if the body was like all the way in the middle, they're not going to put the marker uh, uh, near the farm part. So again, what happened was that you have these trees that are orchards that people are hard, and then somewhere not where the trees were, there was a body. They wouldn't leave the marker by the farm part. They would put it on the inside. So if it's on the outside, it must be that the body was originally where the trees were, and then somehow um, it got uh, got plowed through. Ryuta says, He says, you got to find an old timer or some expert, because not everybody knows what's going on. It's an interesting statement. He said you can either find an elder or you can find, ask the rabbi. I always find this is strange. I sometimes hear that from people. Let's go ask the rabbi. You know, it's going to be snowing tomorrow. Let's ask the rabbi. What's the rabbi know about the snow? You know, like, it's like there's certain things. I'm just giving an example. Like, people will, their initial reaction will be, no matter what, ask the rabbi. Like, uh, so I'm not suggesting yes or no, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes... There, why would you ask him, why would you expect that he knows any more than you or I about the weather or COVID or this or that? So the Morris says, because a person who's a scholar, uh, if you've got a scholar, a scholarly person in your city, he's going to be involved in everything. In other words, he's going to be put on every committee. If you have a person in town who's knowledgeable, who's learned, he's going to be, it's a, you know, we tend to have like an f- official figure, a rabbi, but if you have a person who's learned, that kind of person's going to be on every, uh, every committee, he's going to be, everybody's going to consult with him, he's going to know what's going on. So he, he's going to know in the city that he lives in, if there's a grave somewhere, he's going to know where it is. What about if it's just a stone? with a marker on it. So you know what? There's no question that that's a burial stone. There's something buried under that stone is the, uh, is the grave. What if there are two stones with markers on them? Now, if the lime is between them, so then guess what? Then the body's in between them. And if, what about if there's just two separate stones and a marker on each and the lime is in between them? So uh, and even if it, it, you don't plow, you can assume that they're two separate graves. Vahatanya. And uh, uh, we learned 
If you find one stone that's marked, Tommy, underneath it, you can assume it's impure. If you find two stones, if you know that they plow in between. So even if there was something there, they're going to plow in between Tahar, but if not, you have to assume it's Tommy. So now we're getting confused. Do you have to worry that the bot, there's a body buried between the two stones or not? In one place we seem to say you do, in one place we seem to say you don't. So, the story here is the lime is poured on top of the stone, and it's, um, it goes in two directions. So, so if they plowed in between, so, um, so in between it's definitely okay, because maybe the plow dug up the lime too, the elo, um, and if the uh, if there's not enough space to plow and the lime like is spilled on the area in between, so you have to assume that there's it's like a row of graves. And the, again, just like he, uh, people today, where they sometimes have husband, wife, baby, like they. So once you see already that there's more, the lime is goes beyond one stone. Maybe they're trying to indicate a whole row. Om Rebasi mitzad echad mitzuyin. What happened? Meitzarechad. One boundary. There's a marker along one line, so you have to assume that's where people are buried. But the rest of the field is okay. Vekolas sedekulatar. Shnaim. Two boundaries. Heim tmeim. So then they they bury the people on the borders. Vekolas sedekulatar. The rest of the field is fine. Shlosha. What if there's three borders? Heim tmeim. So those areas are where they buried, but the rest of the field is fine. Arba. Now, what happens if you find markers on all four sides? So actually, what that's telling you is that inside is the cemetery. Now, the, the reason why is you can assume that that's the place of Tumah because they would not have wanted you to think uh, we don't want to create a cemetery where there's not a cemetery. Again, today we live in a society where we have set places. Uh, uh, if you see some places in the South, you know, you have, all, all of a sudden, you know, they used to have these churches that had these little cemeteries yeah, next right. to them. And it's, it's wild because the churches have long been um, knocked down and destroyed, and they have these little plots of land with, with graves on them in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of projects. And so uh, it, it becomes very difficult to know, especially if you had a farm and somebody buried in his backyard, you know, where you have graves and where you don't. Um, so today they have rules, or they try to have rules about where they allow burials or not. And Eretz Yisrael was like that. It wasn't, uh, there weren't strong rules. So you had to look. If you found this white stuff there, that meant somebody was buried out back. Um, even today, every now and then, you go sometimes to a state park or a place, and you have stuff that looks like somebody's buried there. You know, <laughs> I, I've run into, I'm a Kohen, I'm very sensitive to that. Like, I, I get nervous when I see a monument or something, you know, like, uh, you know, like who's, you know, what, if somebody's buried there, like, you know, what's, what's the deal? Um, sometimes it's just a marker that the person lived there, but um, you just you have to be careful. Like you have to. Okay, so then we said, now we're done with that. Let's get to a more fun subject than the grave markers. Okay, the Yotze Alpha Klein. So we said that the courts uh, would hire people to check for mixtures of crops, and that's called Klein. You're not allowed to grow mixtures. It's, it's a very interesting mitzvah. That you, uh, we don't have like a grape uh, wheat in the grape uh, 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 wheat seeds in, a, in an area where there's grapevines, 
and it's called clay and mixtures. There's certain things that we keep separate. It's the idea everything has its boundary, has its place. So uh, we said that the, the people would go and take a look at the farms and see where these mixtures were and uh, notify the farmers to remove them. And if they were still there, they would sometimes remove them themselves. So the Lord says, Is that the time when the, the climb police would be out there on Cholomoyed Reminu? On the first of Adar, they would make the announcements that people, it's time to go pay the half silver coin, the shekel. And they also would make the announcements of the climb. On the 15th of Adar, that's Purim. Now, everybody was traveling for Pesach, so they would send out the people to clean up the roads. And I, I was mentioning, you have to tell the cities this, you know, to fix the potholes. And the, this, this is a very basic concept that it's, it's dangerous to have roads that are not fixed and paths that are full of, uh, of uh, trees. And uh, the, the third thing was they checked the mikvahos. They had public mikvahos. People would go to the mikvahs and uh, they needed to be measured. Uh, today also, they have a, when they have a problem, if there's a crack in the mikvah, like a slow leak, that's the same problem. Uh, that has to be fixed. Uh, uh, but uh, that's what they would do, is they would go out and they would check the mikvos. And they have to do, that's the springtime is when you got to think, uh, you know, the winter you can't do much anyways. But in the summer, they send out the, they have to do what's needed for the public. Um, I, I find it interesting that the Gemara says that on the 15th we read the Megillah. Most right. of us read it on the 14th. Uh, so what they could have said... They could have said it's on the 14th we read the Megillah, and on the 15th they send out the people to fix the roads. I saw that question. That's a great question. Let me just see if that's if Rashi talks about that. Um, no, Rashi doesn't ask that question. I thought I saw that question. Um, he's asking, uh, Richard is asking why it mentions Shushan Purim, and it doesn't mention the um, uh, the regular Purim. Ah, uh, uh, Tosos asked that question. Okay, uh, thank you. Yeah, Pete was finding uh, what the art scroll. But let's take a look at Tosos. See if he. It's the fourth Tosos from the bottom. The Tesvav Koranes and Megillah on the fifteenth they read the Megillah. Have a matzah in the Misni beyudalid. It really should have said the fourteenth. That's your question, Ella. But why did it? Mishum the Tesvav's man the Dvorim Acherim who. He says apparently other stuff was done on the 15th. So once the other stuff was like the month before Pesach, the 30 days before Pesach, so once they're doing the other stuff, so then we went to Shushan Purim. That's, is that what the Aritzkos say? Quotes, okay. okay. Uh, but very good. Okay, back to the Gemara. Uh, uh, so they, they also marked the graves, and they also, at the very same time, they went out to look for the plants that had started growing the mixtures. So our question is, when did they go out for climb? Was it the beginning of Adar or the middle? So the more answer is there's an early crop and a late crop. That's one answer. And one said it has to do with seeds and it has to do with vegetables. They're both planted at different times. Uh, that's only that they wait till Adar as if it didn't sprout yet. That's, that's the word nitsan. That's a great word. It's not nits is to sprout. Sprout. So the Morris says, So then why would you need to go out on Cholomoid in the middle of Pesach? Or, or, you know, why would that be a time to go out to check for, uh, 
sprouts. I mean, it, it's a it's a it, it's a funny time. So Omer of Yaakov, Omer of Yochan, Mishum Scharpula, the mostly. He says an interesting thing. The workers are cheaper at that time because everybody's off work. So you can get people to that are willing to do the job since they're not they're not allowed to be out in the fields and working hard. So you can pick up workers cheaper. And since this is paid for by the community, by the base amigdosh, they allow them to do it then because you could easily find workers. Uh, so it's just interesting, you know, like, you know, who does that job? They, they could find people cheaper. It must be, this is coming from the temple to, uh, that they took the money from the, for the community to check for Klein. Because if, if you're going to tax the people, you know, they're going to charge you a fortune. They don't care about how much it pays to cover the workers. They make you pay for four workers, one to work and three to watch, right? That's, they don't care. But if it's from the base of English, you've got to be careful. If, if it's not for the base of Migdush, whatever it costs, uh, uh, you'll give them. But if from the base of Migdush, you have to be careful. Uh, um, so how much, uh, how much of these mixtures of seeds do they have to remove? So Omer Shmor by Oshini, we learn, as we turn the page, if it has a quarter of a mixture of another species, then might. Then you have to lessen it. Um, didn't we learn? So this sounds like what they did was, if you saw that some other seeds were mixed in, you just took some of it away so that it wasn't a large, less than a quarter of the field. But didn't we learn that if the owners weren't careful and they had these seed mixtures, you would, you would announce that anybody can come and take. That'll teach them that. If you announce that their field is ownerless, then they're going to lose everything. So if you tell the farmers, if you don't take care of it, we're going to declare your field's ownerless, they're going to take care of it. So what do you do? Do you fix it or do you announce the field's ownerless? It depends. One was uh, originally they fixed the problem. When they saw the farmers were taking advantage, then they, uh, they made the announcement that if we find this, we're going to announce your field as ownerless. Titania, what was the story? Originally, the messengers of Basin would go to the fields and they would fix the problem. If they found some seeds that were mixed in, so they would weed them and throw them in front of the animals. Uh, animals are happy to eat them. And the farmers loved it. Number one, first they got their fields weeded. They didn't want those foreign weeds there. And number two, their animals were fed. So they weren't going to stop it from happening. They actually liked it. <laughs> they started planting climb because the, 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 uh, the basin's going to fix it. So then they thought, you know what? Let's remove the climb and not give it to them to feed their animals. Let's throw it on the roads. Adayan, they were still happy. Shemin actually the same. They still were getting their fields weeded for free. So they realized none of this was working. They wanted to prevent the farmers being careful when they seeded it. So then they made the rule, Shemakir and Kolasadakula. If we find climb in your field, guess what? We're going to declare it ownerless. And that worked real well. <laughs> that, uh, that took care of the problem. And so it's, it's interesting also. In other words, the, you have to solve a problem. In other words, the so initially, they solved the problem by just removing it. But what happened was, since the, it, it actually made it easier for the farmers, people weren't careful uh, not to mix the seeds. Okay, new mission.
what reminds me of like these recalls where they make um the recall is cheaper for them not to recall the vehicles, right? Yep. That's exactly what's going on here. But they figured out that make it ownerless, that's uh, that's that's serious enough where they're going to pay attention to climb, right? Uh -huh. Right, right. Yeah. What do you mean to make it cheaper to recall the vehicles? Like the... the, the yeah. so, so, so if they have you know, a thousand whatever out there, and they know that there's some like have a problem. Right. The airbags are. Mm -hmm. I'm, on, I'm on all the airbags have problems. So it's cheaper to do a recall and have people bring it in half people aren't going to, and it's, it's more lucrative for them to just pass it out the way it is and know that at some point in time they have to bring, fix it, so it's not everybody's going to recall. Oh, I see. It's like, uh -huh. it's like uh -huh. uh, economically more feasible for the yeah, corporation. Uh -huh. You have to take the psychology of the customers in mind, is what you're saying, or the, or the people out there. Uh -huh. I see. Okay. That's exactly what's going on here, but see, they, yeah. they make it owneless. That's like, that's serious. <laughs> that's serious stuff. <laughs> <That's> serious stuff. <laughs> uh, you, you tell the, you tell all the hopeless people that they're welcome <laughs> into the field. Uh, you better believe they're going to take care of the problem real quick. Not only that, they, they know they're going to tell people, oh, you go to so-and-so yeah, over right, there, right, you can right, get right, it. Right, so, right. So, okay, let's see the new Mishnah. Reloza ben Yaakov Omar. Moshkin es ilani. Now, uh, let's say it's Cholomoy. So we learned already you're not allowed to do the heavy-duty work with the shoveling and stuff because that's that's like heavy-duty work. What about if you have more water in one tree and not, not enough in the other? So you're allowed to pull the water from one tree. That's a, I guess it's a hoeing operation or something. It's not, a, it's not super heavy-duty work. You're allowed to do that kind of thing. Um, as long as you don't do the whole field, you're just doing a small portion, then that's okay. Uh, what happens if you have a field that you didn't uh, water before the moed? You can't all of a sudden decide is the time to water the fields. If, you, if, you, if you're constantly watering it, you're allowed to water. But if you didn't water it before, you can't all of a sudden say, well, I'm not doing anything, I'll water the They say no. If it really needs, you're going to have a loss, you're allowed to do it. Let's see some Rashi, top Rashi. He said there's going to be a big loss over here. You can't do the whole field. Seeds, a farm that wasn't watered. It wasn't always watered. Certain fields don't need constant watering. Okay, let's see back to the Gemara. If your field is metunfus, then it's mutter. Um, I guess metunfus means dried out. That which we said, you can't water fields. Those are fields that you don't normally water before the moed. I was wrong, but if you're watering them constantly, you can do it on cholamoid. If your field is metunfus, then it's okay. Do they translate metunfus? It's okay because you've got a loss involved? I believe so, yeah. He, he translated that the field is naturally moist. Naturally moist. Uh -huh, yeah. yeah, he says that it's a field that had been naturally moist and then it dried up. Yeah. I see. So, so it, was, uh, it was one where you uh, wouldn't be able to water So you didn't water it before, but that's because it never needed it, and now it's dried up. I see, that's what Matuna says. Uh, so it's more of an emergency measure. You've noticed that it, it's dried up, and so... Uh, now you bet if you're going to have a big loss if you don't fix it. 
like the drought, like yeah. the drought came in. Uh, but if it's a field that's gorid, that was always dry, that doesn't need water, then you don't have to, you don't, you can't just wa- uh, water a cholomite. They say it's always okay. Now, so you can't do watering. Watering's a big job. But what about if you just want to do some tarbitza? So tarbitza is like a, uh, like a splash. It's like a, uh, it's not like a full, um, it's a, a, a garden uh, that it's not a big job. Shari la tarbitza b'chol, that you could do. Sadagara mai. But what about the field that normally is not watered? Taim apilu mashvile harpa. Over there, the reason that you're allowed is that, uh, well, the reason you're, you're trying to get the crop to grow earlier by watering it. Here also, if you water it, you're going to get, um, uh, you're just uh, enabling the harvest to come earlier. Rashi, uh, it's a late crop that's going to come early. It's not a loss, but you're allowed to do it. You could do it in a garden. Basically, things will grow sooner if you water them. If you water them, they're... If you don't water them, there won't be a loss. It'll just take longer. If you water them, then it's going to bring an instant growth. You're allowed to do this watering during Shvias, but not in Cholomoid. Didn't we learn you could do it either time? There are two opinions. There's another place we learn you do it before Shvias. In order that during the sabbatical year you'll have a nice vegetables to grab. Uh, now you're not allowed to farm on the sabbatical year, but that which grows by itself you could pick. So you want to water it ahead of time so that this way you'll have like vegetables growing out. Yeah, but you, when you do that, that's that's for the benefit of a fruit that's on shvi'is, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I thought you couldn't do that. You can't. You, you can't do that more than thirty days before something like that. That's the couple couple days. Oh. Yeah. This is Erev Shvius. Uh Well, Erev sounds like less than 30 days. Um, so we're saying we learned before that Shvius starts. I believe that's with a crop. I think this is more like a garden. These are Yurakos. This might, this might be like maintaining versus physically seeding and, and fertilizing and stuff. Yeah, I'll we'll have to see this. So we're asking why, if we had before, that the sabbatical year starts ahead of time, uh, why are we allowing this right before? This didn't grow yet, but you're watering it in order that it will grow. Below, oh, you were allowed to do that. Not only are you allowed to do that, and you're even allowed to water it on Shvius to grow after Shvius. Robert Stein? In the commentaries, they make a, a distinction. It's not really watering, they're saying sprinkling. Mm-hmm. So it's just really little drops of water. It's not, it's not uh, more than that. Uh huh. So this doesn't count, in other words. It's like he's saying it's a less... I saw that also, the word like laharbitz isn't like a full... So you're not allowed to do like a, like a digging canals and to, and to irrigate, but just to give a sprinkle. So I wonder what would be included in that, but okay. Um, yeah, the to, there is a tosis here as well, but that's something to look into as we go further. Moving on. New subject. Uh, okay, a pesticide. So again, today we hire specialists. In those days, there's no such thing. You're a farmer. You got to be a plumber. You got to be an electrician. You got to be a pesticide. You got to. If there's critters, you got to get rid of them. You you can't just call somebody up. Uh, you're not going to have any money left. But so sudden as the you're allowed to hunt. 
uh, the mice, uh, well, the ishus, you're allowed to hunt. We're going to see what that is. Uh, it's, uh, I'll give away the pints, moles, uh, for the most part, uh, you're allowed, or moles or weasels. You're allowed to hunt them, and the mice keep them out of your field. They're going to eat your crop. You can do them in the usual way on cholamoid. You know, take the shotgun or however they do it. Um, I, I don't know what they do, but whatever that is, you're allowed to do that in cholamoid. Rashi, uh, you don't have to do a shinoi, something unusual. You could do however the hunters do it. And the same thing in the sabbatical year. Now, sabbatical year, you're not allowed to farm, but you're allowed to get rid of the critters. Because if you don't get rid of the critters after sabbatical year, you're going to have uh, a lot of work cut. You know, you, you got to, you got to, it needs to be maintained. Um, uh, it's like pests. You need to keep it going because if you, if you, if you stop it for a while, then they're all going to come. So uh, you're allowed to do that on Cholomoyd and Shviyah. So Chalm, they say, Mr. Elon Kadarka. He say, if it's, if it's a field of, uh, where you have the trees, then the usual way. That needs that you need to get the critter. But stay love in Shalokadarka. There you need to do it in a different way. Uh, because it's not such a big loss over there. Depends on the type of field, how bad the critters are. Uh Pirza, you're allowed if what happens if there's a hole in your fence? You're allowed to fix the hole on Cholomoid. Ubishvias and on Shvias you can actually build fences. Because um uh, that's uh, you're building the fence so that you're going to keep the fruits better. Okay. The question is, well, why can't you build a fence on Shvius? Shvius is not you're allowed to work. In fact, the farmers in Eretz Israel they do other jobs during Shvius. They do computers or whatever. There, there, there are a lot of things they could do during the uh, during the sabbatical year. So you're allowed to build fences. Rashi says, let's see, Rashi Shvius bona kedarko. Uh, you can even go into the fence business on Cholamoy on Shvius. Even though it looks like you're doing it to save your fruits, to keep out uh, people or whatever, or to guard them, still you're allowed to build fences on, on Shvius. Let's see the Gemara. So we said you're allowed to uh, hunt critters and Ishus. What are Ishus? It's a creature that that's, it doesn't have eyes. And Rashi says, and it digs in the ground. Not sure it's like a blind creature or doesn't see. It's like a an underground, a nocturnal creature. Where do you see a Pasuk refers to these creatures that uh, live underground? There's a, there's a verse. Over there, it's talking about wicked people. And uh, apparently, if you take these underground creatures and you bring them above ground, or you take a snail out of its shell, it's going to wither. So too, the wicked should like wither. They should like just like they should be out of their shell. When the they, there'll be a time of justice where they'll just wither away. They, you know, it's like the uh, they'll just disappear. Okay, but you see that there are creatures that live underground. So that's, they're defi- aren't they defining um, ishos? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a mole. Yeah. A mole. Moles are blind, by the way. Yeah, or a vole. Either one of those two. Oh, a mole is omni om, omnivorous, and a vole is vegetarian. He said there's something called a, a vole, V-O-L-E. Oh, vole, yeah. Or, or, or M-O-L-E. Or M-O-L-E, uh-huh. They're both blind. They're both blind. Uh, Michael is familiar with them. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't so familiar. played with them before. Uh-huh. Do they not have eyes? They, they don't have eyes. In the, they have a trunk. They have a, a nose like a pig. They look like, and they're, they're about this, they're tiny little uh-huh. gray things. The footnote here says that they have... Uh, he brings down on the bottom of Stein that uh, they have eyes, but they're covered with skin. Huh. Because they're covered with skin, 
They're not able to see. Uh-huh. They don't, they can't see it, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Tan we learn, Sanjas, you can hunt these moles. Ve'esak, Borim, and the rodents, Masada, Lav, Masada, Ilin, Kadarko, and you can get rid of them. Umachrivin, Koinamolim. And you can kill the anthills. Now, I wonder, I guess the ants also aren't good for your crops. They, they're going to eat up your crops if you get ants on them, I guess. Um, so, Kate said, how do you destroy anthills? So, you came to Gemara today to learn how to get rid of the ants. So, Rashid Gamaliel said, you know what you do? Maybe afer me You go to an, another anthill and remove some of the dirt and drop it into the other anthill. And when the ants get in, uh, dirt from a different anthill, the they're going to kill each other. I can't believe this is in here. This is amazing. Have you ever tried it or you never heard I've such a... I've tried this. I've heard this plenty of times. I, never, I, did, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, Michael said he's heard, he's heard such a thing. Times, so, times. He says the anthills have to be from two different areas. Two opposite sides of the of the of the water. and it has to be. There's no bridge in between. gamla mitra. In other words, it's got to be two separate types of of ant hills. It's got to be strangers. If there's strangers there, then the ants go nuts. But uh, and, and they'll they'll do away with each other. I, I learned really from um, we we well, we have sometimes ant trouble. So we used to just put poison out. That never solves the problem. You'll kill a lot of ants, but there'll be more ants. But th- what they do is they have something that they take back to the queen. And then once you kill the queen, and then they all go. It's amazing. It really works. Um, and so like 12 months or so. Uh, so here also, like you, if you put this dirt in there, then you get the ants to go kamikaze on each other. Uh, and then that solves the problem. Ad kama, how far until the parson? So, okay, that's the... So you're allowed to do that in a cholamoid. I guess you've got to schlep the, uh, the dirt from the ant hill. The, all these types of things are, are to prevent a loss because the, once the ants get going, uh, the, the, uh, the garden will not look the same. Okay. Yeah, like you're talking about is boric acid. It's very easy. It's very easy to get. And, in fact, you can use borax, uh, which you can buy as a detergent. And they take it back to the queen and the queen dies. And it's remarkably effective. I mean, uh, I've, I've had places that were overrun with ants, and then three days later, they're all gone. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the idea that, they, that, the, that the other species of ants are natural predators for each other, that's, uh, that is, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, uh, okay, very good. All right, have a good